Welcome back to another episode of Between the Cones. As always, I'm your host, Jack Crum. And, well, League, it's, it's been a crazy uh, last uh, couple weeks here. Um, show got canceled, and then it got put back on air. Um, we've had coaching moves, and we've had some teams that are just looking absolutely dead right now. Um, so we're going to touch on just about everything here. Um, that's enough for the intro. We're just going to basically hop right on into uh, this segment. The first thing we're going to talk about is the 69ers. Um, and are they basically dead in water? This comes after, I mean, essentially nine straight days of, of not playing a game, not playing their game against the Predators, um, which both the teams were in desperate need of um, a win at that point. And... The 69ers never showed up. They planned a game. They called a ref. And the team basically said that they got held up at Big Boy and uh, said they weren't playing. So that's a forfeit. Uh, In a game that could have determined the third or fourth seed as of right now. And that is terrifying because if you look at teams, if you lose interest whenever you lose you're going to have a lot of uninterested teams. And if this is the standard that the 69ers are setting, if Captain Dylan Brown is setting, if Caleb Johnson, Josh Gilmore, um, if this is the standard that they want to set, that they don't really care about the rest of the regular season, they basically already punched their ticket to the playoffs, seeing as the Sailors lost last night, and they don't really care what happens for the rest of the regular season. And that sucks. There's only a finite amount of time that this thing goes that football is played and you know when you're in your apartment in the middle of January snowed in you're going to wish that maybe you gave a damn in the middle of July and decided to come out and, and play a league game with your friends um, 69ers play the Toads this week and to my, stand, or to my uh, knowledge um, that game is not going to happen either but we'll see what happens with the 69ers but um, from what I hear, it's, it's pathetic. Moving on, next topic here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Predators football. They are in a win-or-die situation, no doubt about it. They got that forfeit win last week, which helps them out. But um, I think that, based off what I've seen, the Predators should maybe consider putting Colin in at quarterback. Now, hear me out, all right? Jack Quinga has had a he's had a solid year. He's played pretty decent. Stat line is is nothing impressive, but it's it's nothing to warrant a benching. But right now, if you're the Predators, you already got swept by the Toads with Jack Quinga quarterback. You already lost the Vipers with Jack Quinga quarterback. Those are the two teams that you're gonna have to face off with in the playoffs. Why not switch up a little bit, put the fast kid in, let him run a little bit? With Colin Marincelli at quarterback, it adds a whole nother dimension to their team. And this goes to the to the this goes to help Landon Brenny. Because he needs help. He's carrying that team. He has all year. And he can't do it by himself. Put Colin in a quarterback. He ran for some decent yards against the Toads, was able to juke out one of the better defensive tackles in league, Owen Fleming. 
I think you put Colin in at quarterback and you have a better chance to win a playoff game come this August. That's just my two cents, though. But Colin adds another element to your offense and another element that can make Landon Brenny's job easier and can just allow him to focus on catching the ball and defending the ball. So I think I think they should do a split quarterback system. That's what I would do. Maybe switch off. Because you don't want to bench Jack Queen completely because he still does have the best arm on that team. But you also don't want to waste Collins' offensive talents by just playing him at cornerback and benching him on offense. So I think that'll be very interesting to see over the course of these last two to three weeks of the season. Um, we're going to send this to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take a look in depth at Ali Baydoun's team, the Sailors, and then we'll have some Matt Yeager uh, post-game audio from yesterday's 90-35 to win against the Sailors. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these short messages. Hi, this is Luca the Cannonball Perry. And when I finish up a game of league, I want to fill up on a box of Taco Bell's $5 Chalupa box. Hi, this is Colin from the Preds, cornerback from the Preds. And I want you guys to know to use Trojan condoms whenever you're practicing safe sex. Because, you know, I know Dylan hasn't used it because he got three girls pregnant um, two underage, uh, one to be exact, one was 14, other one was two, but not to get off topic, make sure to use Trojan condoms whenever you're about to fuck. See ya, Preds out. Hi, this is Paul Schmidt, wide receiver for the Vipers, and I'd just like to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Ace Bandages. We're helping keep our players as healthy as possible throughout the long, grueling season. Go Vipers! Welcome back to Between the Cones, segment two going on right now. Uh, we're going to take an in-depth look at the Sailors, Ali Beydoun's uh, newest league team. So right now the Sailors sit at a unimpressive one and four in the South Division, where there's only two teams as of right now, and it hasn't looked good. They're dead last in points scored, and they're number one in points allowed. So to put that in better terms, they have the league's worst offense and the league's worst defense. Um, it hasn't been really anyone's fault I would just say the team hasn't really they haven't really gelled together in the way that you would want and I mean it's so weird because Posh Testa statistically is is one of the best players in league I mean he's number one in receptions this year and I mean he's top five for reception touchdowns I mean, he's in the same class as as guys like Landon, uh, Matt, uh, Michael. I mean, this is an elite class of wide receivers that he is above. 
So Posh has been really the only bright spot. Ali Beydoun, it seems like he's improved every single game, but still, it's the, the statistics just simply aren't there. And like I said, it's not his fault because this is his first ever league year. But the team itself is just not that good. He brought in Joe Caselli two times now. And it just, it, it really hasn't helped as much as you think it would. Um, beyond that, he, he brought in he brought in Gino for the last game, who was pretty solid. But still, what do you expect from someone who's, who's playing their first ever league game? And I just, I feel like the, well, I don't feel like, I, I know that the Sailors are, are dead in the water right now. The engines aren't churning. The sinks, the, the 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 ships filling up with water, and it's sinking to the bottom. There she goes, just like Titanic. They're probably going to finish the year a mere one and six, most likely, with the one win coming against a team that's no longer in league. So, there's world where the sailors. Fit, and I give them credit because they are going to finish the year. Uh, and Posh Testa is, is stamping his ticket to being a very high draft pick in next year's league. Um, we're going to send this over to Matt Yeager's post-game audio next, uh, followed by a break, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Vipers and the Toads, how their win streaks have continued. Um, We're also going to touch upon which fourth person in league is the most valuable to their team. We'll talk on that and more coming up after this audio clip from Vipers wide receiver Matt Yeager following the post-game win against the Sailors yesterday, 90-35, and we're sent it to a break. Stay tuned. Here with Vipers wide receiver Matt Yeager following a huge win and a season-sweeping of the Sailors. Matt, what are your thoughts on today's game? Uh, we just got out there and did what we, uh, did what we do best, and that's uh, win games. It's pretty much all we've known how to do since that first loss of the season. I'm just out there scoring touchdowns, six, measly six catches, but fire them for touchdowns. I'm a danger every time I touch the ball. I got Caruso getting interceptions left and right. We're just playing well together right now. We're rolling. So this marks four straight wins since that uh, season opener loss. Where do, you see your guy, where, where do you see you guys going in the future? What's the end of this look like? Hopefully holding up the trophy at the end of the championship game. Obviously going to be playing against the Toads because they're the only other quality team in the league. But we'll see. As it looks right now, we're rolling to the finals, coming in hot. This win, I don't know if you know this or not, it cemented you guys in the playoffs. You guys are now an official playoff lock. Does your season outlook change for these last two weeks? No, we've been on playoff lock since game one. It's on to the next one as usual. And then, Matt, you're also sponsored by Head & Shoulders. Is there anything you'd like to say regarding that brand? Head and shoulders helps me uh, keep my hair looking fresh. No dandruff before every game. Gets the honeys for sure. Thanks, Matt. Yep. What's up, Niners Nation? It's quarterback Dylan Brown here. And after a long day of throwing touchdowns on the field, I like to roll up a nice joint using zigzag ultra thins. Zigzag ultra thins will provide you with the longest and smoothest smoking experience you will ever see. And we are so confident that you will love the product that we are offering a 30-day money-back guarantee when you use code 69ers at checkout. Stay safe and roll Niners.
Hi, I'm Parker Lanzak from Weed Game Day. And on game day mornings, I make sure I get ready with Old Spice body spray and deodorant. Wins, 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 wins. Not a lot of teams have heard that this year, but two have. The Vipers and the Toads. Vipers winning four straight since losing that home opener against the Toads. And the Toads now five straight wins. And really just want to point out, before before we get to, to anything else, these teams are amazing. The way that they have come all year, the way that they take this league seriously, and for that they deserve a standing ovation. And it's it's really just encouraging to see two teams so devoted and really two teams that fit together and play so good with their teammates. The Vipers consisting of MVP um, leader right now, Hudson Shields, the always dangerous Paul Schmidt, Michael Caruso, who is a frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year, and then, of course, Matt Yeager. One player I want to spotlight on the Vipers is Matt Yeager. You just heard his audio in the last segment. Matt has improved so much this past offseason. Everything about his game has improved. He's always had the speed and the shiftiness. That's never been a question, never a doubt. But now you're starting to see Matt catching every single ball that's coming his way. Which was the knock on him in earlier years is that he didn't have good hands. He would occasionally drop balls. And this year, he has eliminated that problem. Along with that, in previous years, Matt was a very north and south route runner. Well, now you're starting to see him actually running really good short routes, intermediate routes, deep routes. I mean, he's got the full bag. And I'll tell you what, man. I know Matt is still in his prime, but I think he's just coming into it because he has improved that much this season. Now, obviously, he doesn't play much defense, but just the offense alone, his ability to come in and play wide receiver at a high level, I think that's a big reason why Hudson Shields' stat line looks the way it does. And Hudson has played terrific this year. And Matt has made that job a lot easier for him because he's basically been his security blanket. Whenever something goes south on the field, it's Matt who can read that, come back, and you know get like a slip screen or a, or a short slant or an out. I mean, the, the completion percentage stat for Hudson, at least, is a big thanks to Matt's improvement this year. Now we go to the other side of that red and purple coin, the Toads. I've been kind of quiet on the Toads this this year um, just because I'm on the team. So I really don't feel comfortable talking about it, but... I'm going to go ahead and talk about them a little bit. They've obviously had their issues. Every team that has Bryce does. Um, But they're still a very, very solid team that knows how to play. 
the addition of Cody Bartos has been huge this year for the offense because just of the run blocking alone. I mean, he fits that scheme like like a hand in a glove. And then, of course, you have Owen Fleming, not showing signs of slowing down in the slightest, still playing at a very high level. And I think that this is probably one of his best, not statistical, but the best that he's looked in-game in a while. Because there hasn't been those stupid interceptions. There hasn't been really those, like, dead drives. It's just been consistency from Owen. Then you look at Bryce Baumgart. Obviously, we touched on the issues that he has, but he still is, in my opinion, the best player in the league, at least the most athletic. I mean, he does everything for the Toads. He he plays a high-level defense. He throws the ball when needed. He runs the ball when needed, and he catches it when needed. I mean, he's the most versatile player in the league, without a doubt, because he plays everywhere at a high level all the time. Now, the next question is that are the Vipers and the Toads on a collision course? And I'm going to be honest, I am not ready to say that. I'm not. Anything can happen. People forget that last year the uh, the duo of Landon Brenny and Jack Queenga took down the duo of Michael Crusoe and Paul Schmidt. I think it can happen again with some help. Maybe if Colin plays some quarterback is able to run around a little bit, make them uneasy. And I I mean, listen, the 69ers only beat the Toads by three points last time they played. I mean, one bad drive goes differently for the 69ers, and they beat the Toads. Now, obviously, the Toads and Vipers are the two best teams in the league. I don't think anyone's questioning that. They're the teams that have played at the highest level all year and have won the most. However, anything can happen. People can have off days. People can go crazy on the field. Literally anything can happen. So that's where we'll leave this segment. When we come back, we'll be talking about our final break. Um, We'll take a look at... uh, which fourth person is most valuable to their team? Let's take a look at the early playoff look and then some matchups that we might just see this next week, assuming people come and play. Stay tuned. This is Jonathan Sapelsa, the proud coach of the Toads organization in in league football. And I would just like to tell everyone in league that they're the foundation that is willing to do further research and and remember our Lord and Savior, the best person to ever be created on this earth, Harambe the Gorilla. He was sadly taken from us in the Cincinnati Zoo in 2016. It's been four years now. The foundation of Harambe is 
is dead set on possibly recreating Harambe, but most especially remembering Harambe for everything he's done for us as a society and as a world. If you donate 69 cents per day, you will get a free t-shirt that says Dick's Out for Harambe with a beautiful picture of Harambe in the background. Please, donate now. We do not have much time until something happens to the foundation. So please, call us today. Dick's Out for Harambe. quarterback and when I use Gillette razors I get a perfect shave every time Gillette razors the best a man can get go toads final segment here segment four we're gonna take a playoff look we're also gonna look at uh, which fourth person's league is most valuable to their team now all right Valuable is a weird concept because you can be the best out of a group, but you're not the most valuable. Valuable means that your team needs you in order to flow right, to work right. So let's take a quick look at what I consider to be the fourths of each team. And this isn't an insult, this is just kind of who rotates in and out the most. So for the Toads, I think that Cody Bartos is probably our fourth. He plays offense. Um, And then for the Vipers, you got Matt Yeager, who is the fourth for them. And then 69ers, I'd probably say Caleb Johnson is the fourth. Predators, Colin Marincelli is the fourth, although it might be looking like Jack Quinga might soon become the fourth for them. And then for the Sailors, I'd probably say Ali Baydoun is their fourth. Now, which one of those is the most valuable to their team? The ones that stand out to me is obviously Cody Bartos, Matt Yeager. Caleb Johnson stands out as well. Colin Marcelli, no disrespect to him, but I think that the Predators would just would be just as good or just as bad, whether they had him or not. I think that the results would have been the same in their games. Matt Yeager almost falls underneath that category, but he kind of does stuff that Michael Caruso can't do and Paul Schmidt really doesn't do. So it's kind of a difficult answer to it's it's a difficult answer to find. If I had to say right now who the most valuable fourth person in the league is, I'd say Cody Bartos. Just because his addition to the Toads, I think, has won them at least two of their five games. Just because he is such a monster up front and makes that run offense. Um incredibly difficult to stop 
Caleb Johnson plays defense for the 69ers, and he's a good cornerback. Not elite, but he's good. Can he get to that elite level? That remains to be seen. you got to play games first. But still, same same case with Colin. I, I feel like without Caleb, the 69ers would have the exact same record. They'd still be 2-3. and three. So there's where I stand on that topic. We're going to move on to our final little thing here today. And that is an early playoff look. Right now, the four teams, basically everyone knows, is going to be the Toads, the Vipers, the Predators, and the 69ers. Um, in what order? I'm really not sure. What the matchups will be, I'm not sure. But right now it's looking like 69ers versus Toads. And then Vipers versus Predators. Which I think are two decent matchups and it'll be interesting to see who wins those but I mean it it really comes down to two people if the upsets are going to happen it comes down to Dylan Brown making not a single mistake offensively and it comes down to Landon Brenny having probably the best game in league history impossible no Nothing's impossible. Probable? No. It's it's not probable. But could it happen? Yes, it could. And I think that'll be very interesting to see as this playoff pitcher continues to shape up. Obviously, things can change. Upsets can happen. But right now, it looks like we are just about two weeks away from from roaring into the playoffs and and seeing how this entire thing works out. For Jack Crum, this has been another episode of Between the Cones.